You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And we are back with Real Presence Live. This is our Straight Talk segment. Your host, Mark Cheney. That would be yours truly here alongside Father Brandon Moravitz. And we are coming to you from Virginia, Minnesota this morning. This is Straight Talk. Here's a number to call in with your question. Please do so. It is 877-795-0122. Uh, point of straight talk, obviously, to start a conversation. Whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, we would love to hear from you this morning. Good mo- morning again, Father. Hey, Mark, it's good to be with you here today, and just really want to encourage our listeners, anybody out there, um, shoot a question over to us on our Facebook page, or give us a call, or shoot an email over. Um, this is a great opportunity for just us to have a good discussion about different topics and issues that are out there. Do not be afraid to call in and, and throw a question. Um, we'd love to have a, a good discussion over this next segment. And lots to talk about this morning, too. Uh, we have a variety of things on our church calendar as a whole. I guess I have uh, lots of questions on how the, the calendar is the church as a whole is set up father um today saint angela right saint, did i get that right yeah i think that is correct yes yes I so they were sent yep so if you can kind of uh, maybe elaborate a little bit about that or you know the church kind of caught you off guard but yeah. i, I kind of no, no no it's great the, you know the church calendar it's it's an incredible thing that we have a, a a routine to our a liturgical life that we have you know ordinary time and lent and advent and and many days we celebrate different saints and martyrs and, and there's a beauty because there's a rhythm and a routine you think about all of our marquette students that there's a routine to their day there's a schedule to their day and and having a schedule actually is formative it forms our minds and our hearts and so that that liturgical calendar of the year is a way for us to be formed and to celebrate high moments and so to speak low moments in the church year Um, and so uh, it's 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 an incredible gift to have that liturgical calendar as a catholic people all right today on the church calendar saint angela um tomorrow's one of my favorite saints is tomorrow saint thomas aquinas and i know friday is very special to you is uh saint john bosco yeah you know, um, St. Thomas Aquinas was um, a great saint that we celebrate this week. You know, a saint that we as seminarians spent so much time reading. I remember often reading St. Thomas Aquinas and thinking, man, I don't know if I'm called to be a priest. This guy is so smart. Um, just a, an incredibly intellectual, but also holy man. Um, and just just had such a way of, of bringing about faith in, in, in through reason um, and realizing that faith can be brought about through our intellectual study, um, which is a great gift that St. Thomas Aquinas brought to the church. Um, but as you mentioned, then my patron saint, my favorite saint, St. Saint John Bosco, um, we celebrate here on January 31st. Um, and John Bosco was this incredible, um, just just man of fire. Um, you know, he, I, the thing I love about John Bosco is, is, is he had a fire for bringing about the gospel, and especially to young people, young people that were struggling and broken and didn't have families and were living on the streets, and he would use joy often to draw them in. You know, I love the stories of him going on the streets and he would be juggling or doing magic tricks, and before you knew it, he'd have hundreds of kids from the streets around him, and he'd draw them in. And then all of a sudden he said, hey, let's go to the church and pray. And all of a sudden he'd have a hundred kids in the church praying, and then he'd start forming them in faith. But what he had to first do is draw them in through something like magic tricks or through juggling. Um, and I loved his method of 
evangelization. Um, and it's something that's always inspired me and something that I've always tried to do in my own life. And just getting to a way of uh, you know, reaching those young folks and getting them involved and getting them to their level. And uh, we have got Ben Frost, who's going to jump in here. Morning, Ben. Good morning. In-studio question for Father Brandon. And I just, uh, tailing off what you just said about St. John Bosco, and uh, my wife just got back from the March for Life. And, you know, oftentimes in our culture today, it seems there can be some negativity towards young people. And and uh, yet she came back from the march, hundreds of thousands of people gathering in D.C. And she said the vast majority of them were young people, teenagers and college students. And I'm just curious if you have any thoughts about, I know youth ministry, St. John Bosco is close to your heart. Like, what do you think is going on in our country, in youth ministry, uh, that so many young people would go to the March for Life in Washington, D.C.? Like, what, what's happening in young hearts today? Yeah, that's a great question, Ben. And I, I found myself reflecting on that a lot as I was watching scenes from the March for Life. And as I've talked to our young people, we had a number of young ladies from our parish, high school girls, and uh, some chaperones that went out to the March for Life. And, you know, I, I, I think because there's so much chaos and confusion and there really is a sense of kind of emptiness that our young people are looking for more. And when they see truth, beauty, um, holiness, they're drawn to it. Um, so I think the March for Life is just a, an example of how our young people are longing for more. They're realizing the world is not going to satisfy and that we are made for more and that we're made for truth and order. Um, and I see that in our young people. Every time I present you know, the message of Christ and the teachings of the church, I rarely have young people that say, oh, that's, I don't want to do that. They're actually drawn into it because the message they often hear in culture is do whatever you want you know just just there's no truth there's nothing out there and that eventually leads you to just complete emptiness and so christ and the church call them on and i think the march for the knife is a, is a great example of that being called on and kids responding with a resounding yes this is real presence live your hosts, Mark Cheney and Father Brandon Baravitz here. It is our Straight Talk segment of our program, and you can call in your question by simply calling 877-795-0122 or send us a link down on Facebook or uh, drop us an email. One way or the other, we'll get to you. And uh, we have got another question from one of our Marquette students. And uh, go ahead, introduce yourself and ask the question, please. Hi, I'm Lexis Overby. I was wondering, what does the INRI represent above Jesus? forehead. Wow, great question. So often in the crucifix we'll see that that, that, that sign above it, which, which means Jesus, King of the Jews. All right, and it's a reminder that that Jesus is King. Okay, and that you, you when you see that, it's always a reminder to us that we often call Jesus Christ the King, and they, they would call him the King of the Jews. Um, but for we as as Catholics that are disciples of Jesus, like he's our King. He's the one we bow down to. You know, every time you Marquette students walk into the chapel, what do you do? You genuflect. Like you genuflect to the king. And so that crucifix is that great reminder that Jesus is the king. Does that make sense? Awesome. Great question. Straight Talk. Yes. Real Presence Live. Straight Talk is our segment that we're actually at right now. And again, the number 877-795-0122 if you have a question or something that's on your heart or in your mind this morning and uh, you'd like to have an answer or an in-depth look at it, we would love with you here on our program this morning. Mark Cheney along with Father Brandon Baravitz. You know, Mark, one of the things that, um, just as we got some time here, hopefully we'll get maybe a, a call or a question that's sent in here today. Uh, maybe one of our Marquette students will run up here and ask another question. But I was struck yesterday by um, just the intensity of 
the whole Kobe Bryant um, death and how tragic it was and how that just just lit a fire across social media and across all of our news stations and and here's this this hero so to speak in the basketball world that that has this tragic death uh, at 41 years old and in some ways has everything <laughs> um, at least in the eyes of the world and it was interesting watching people respond to that tragic death yesterday um and 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 i don't know if you noticed this but what started coming out was his catholic faith yes yes very much and, and right away right <laughs> it was almost instantaneously about uh, testimonials that, that they had seen him at mass and visited with him and talked with him and how part and how vibrant it was part of his life yeah and it, it made me so proud as a priest like part of kobe Bryant's testimony was that in his darkness he was struggling with some scandal he, he, he said publicly that what got him back was going and talking to a Catholic priest. Wow. Here, here's Colby Bryant, this, this, this multimillionaire playing for the L.A. Lakers. He's in darkness. Where does he go? He goes and talks to a Catholic priest. And that Catholic priest helped guide him through some of those struggles. And from what I understand, he started going to daily mass. He started becoming engaged in his Catholic faith. And it's so beautiful. And, 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 and it shows us that we don't know when that time is going to come when the Lord calls us. And yesterday was... <laughs> Kobe Bryant and his daughter and all these people that died tragically, they faced the Lord. And it gives me such comfort because being a millionaire in L.A. Laker isn't going to get you to heaven. No. But knowing Jesus Christ and being part of the gift of the Catholic Church that rumors are he received Eucharist that morning at Mass. That he went to Mass, then he got on that helicopter and headed out to that basketball practice. And what a profound... Um, witness of faith that God can use Kobe Bryant to show the world the gift of our Catholic faith. And I think as we look at the Kobe Bryant situation that has happened, we, we need to lift Kobe's family up as well as those that we've you know lost together with, with Kobe's family. Yeah, and that's, that's the beauty again of our, our Catholic teaching that we pray for those that have died, you know, and that, that, that all of us are praying for all of our loved ones that died, that they may know the eternal rest of God. And then in turn, dare we ask them to pray for us as we continue our journey, um, that, that, that there's this great communion with the saints in heaven, that we pray for the souls in purgatory, that they may receive the gift of God, and then as soon as they receive the God, they pray for us, that we continue our journey in a way of holiness and faith. So we pray for Kobe Bryant and all those that have lost their lives, and then in turn, dare we ask them to pray for us as we continue our earthly pilgrimage. Amen. This is our Straight Talk segment of our program this morning. This is Real Presence Live. If you'd like to have a question answered, if there's something on your heart or in your mind this morning, please give us a call, 877-795-0122. We'd love to hear from you. You can send us a note on Facebook or drop us an email as well. We have another one of our Marquette students with us this morning with another very important question. Introduce yourself first and foremost, and then uh, your question, please. I am Amelia Coburn. And what grade are you in, Amelia? A grade six. Awesome. And uh, you're part of Marquette. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what kind of question do you have for us, Amelia? How did God come to like Earth? Interesting. How did how did God come to Earth? Well, stay here. I'm going to ask you a question. Like, how do you think? Do you have any idea? Okay, not too sure. We got to think that one through. Okay, um, so how does God come to Earth? Uh, any any Marquette out there got an idea on that? How did how did God reveal Himself on Earth? All right, come on up here, really quick. Let's see if we can get it. Let's 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 see if one of your classmates can answer this. I'm kind of we're getting on the spot now. We're testing our education, but uh, how, so how did God come to Earth? He Jesus. Good good answer. All right, give give Nolan a round of applause. All right, good job, buddy. So so great question. How does God come to Earth? 
You know, he comes in a lot of different ways. He came through the prophets, you know, and through, through numerous miracles and the ways in which he tried saving the people through covenants. But then ultimately, he reveals himself through Jesus. You know, you all, we all have crucifixes in all of our classrooms. You know, and we have a big crucifix in our church. And, and we, we, Jesus reveals to us who God is. Um, and it's a remarkable thing that, that God comes to us through the person of Jesus. Um, that we just celebrated Christmas, that God becomes man is the incarnation. That he comes to walk with us, to suffer with us, to rejoice with us. And so how does God reveal himself? Is primarily through the person of Jesus. And now we as Catholics, we, we see Jesus through the gift of the sacraments and through the gift of, of, of our service and, and community. And, and God works so powerfully and he's always revealing himself us through sacred scripture in so many different ways. So great question, Amelia. I'm really grateful for that. And we have another question. Again, please introduce yourself first and uh, your question. I'm Greta Frost. All right. And Greta, what is your question this morning for us? Um, so we're all taught the prayers like Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be. Are there any prayers that are more powerful than others? <laughs> That's a very good question. Hey, great question. You know, I, mean, I think one of the important things about our faith is, 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 is I think one of the things, you know, Mark, that has been lost in some places is like memorized prayers like the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, St. Michael the Archangel prayer. And, and those are so important in our Catholic faith. Parents, if you're listening, teach your kids those prayers. They're so powerful. Um, and so those traditional prayers are, are, are so important. When we don't have the words to say, they, they, they help us. I know in times of, of tragedy and trial and I'm with families and you can unite together in those prayers. Um, but yet God also calls us that we can spontaneously pray. We can pray from our heart and speak to the Lord as if he's our father or our friend and, and speak to him. So I wouldn't say that there's more powerful prayers than others except for this, the Mass. The Mass is the most powerful prayer on earth. That that's the prayer in which we are completely united with God and all the saints in heaven. Um, so the most powerful prayer on earth is the Holy Mass. And it's why we ought to be there as often as we can to receive those many graces. You know, I know, Mark, you're, you're, I, I see you here at Mass very often, and, and I'm assuming the Mass plays a big part in your life. Yes, um, very very much so. Uh, especially when uh, my mom, who is 90 now, <laughs> comes to me with questions. And, you know, I, I've, I've always been the one coming to her for questions. <laughs> and uh, now, you know, and I'm in, you know, in, in, in an adult life, and uh, as we talk in regards to adult situations, it's it's interesting because uh, you know the the young uh, young person that was here asking about Jesus. Uh, she asked the other day. My mom asked the other day. She asked this question. She goes, "Well, she goes, I should know this." And uh, she goes, "Did Mary and Joseph have other children besides Jesus?" And I really had to start digging because Sir. I did not have the answer. Sir, yeah, definitely not. You know, Mary was. Uh, conceived without sin, was a uh, perpetually uh, lived a chaste and holy life. Um, so, yeah, Mary, Mary just had Jesus, and uh, Mary and Joseph lived a chaste life their whole lives. Um, and sometimes in Scripture, you hear you know the terminology of Jesus's brothers and sisters, and we think of that through our own language and our own terms. But in Jesus's time, that would often mean cousins and all these sorts of things. So, and see here again, my mom was right and I was wrong. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and because because of that text. 
you know, you were referring to Jesus having brothers and right. sisters, but brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, completely different situation. Yes, there. yes, no yes. Doubt about it. So uh, keep talking to that mother. She's teaching lots of good things. Yes, Mark. hits with <laughs> hits with a two by four yeah. now and then, but <laughs> it, it, that, that's got to happen in my case. So we have got another Marquette student with another important question. Again, your name and the question. Um, my name is Janina Paulson, and um, I was wondering, like, if Jesus ever like came back down like what would we do if jesus ever came back down what would we do well stay on here don't leave don't what do you think like if jesus showed up what would you do i'd say hi (laughs) (laughs) okay how do you think you would feel like think about that like you know you talked earlier about mass and prayer and 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 in mass is this beautiful place where we encounter jesus but imagine like him coming back like like what would that be like imagine what that would be like like what would you feel or or how would you respond if, if jesus were to come back like wow like it's actually you exactly there'd be an awe and wonder okay and i and i think that that when jesus comes back he's one day gonna come back all right and he's gonna come back and get us he promised us that and jesus always fulfills his promises and i look forward to that day it's not a day to be afraid of if we're living good holy lives man when jesus comes back that like we're gonna rejoice and we're gonna have that awe and wonder that's one of the gifts of the holy spirit is that we kind of are like whoa we tremble before god like we should do that in our prayer sometimes that we're like god you are so big and i'm so small and you're so majestic and so beautiful and so when god returns when jesus comes back like man that is going to be a great celebration if we know jesus and we're living a life of faith and it, it, it we get a taste of that at mass every time we gather at mass our middle school kids go to mass twice a week that we, we there's awe and wonder that's why we bow and we genuflect and we have reverence because it's that preparation for that day when we'll meet Jesus again. So, great question. I'm really proud of you. Good job. And hand in hand with that question, I uh, I actually think we uh, we in our prayer life we we pray for that day, and then we see these blessings and we see the the works of, of Jesus. That's right. You know, which, yeah. which is just like it brings us back into focus of our own prayer life. The number to call in on Straight Talk this morning is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. What's on your heart? Share uh, your concerns. If you've got a question, we'd love to try to be able to answer that. And uh, again, the number eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the number to call in. You can call in on that number, or you send us a note on Facebook, uh, or drop us an email as well. It's Straight Talk here on Real Presence Live. Mark Cheney, your host, along with Father Brandon Roberts from. Virginia, Minnesota this morning. We are just blessed to be here. And, you know, as I was preparing to come into to, to Virginia this morning, it was just like a Christmas card. <laughs> I was I was mentioning this to my wife because the trees were glistening and, you know, the frost and the new snow that we received overnight. And it was just such a, a blessing and such a beauty uh, here in uh, northern Minnesota. Yeah, Mark, that's one of the things I always appreciate about you is you, you see the beauty of God in um the, the beauty of where we live you know you often mention that and i think that's important sometimes like sometimes we can just drive down a road and be on such a a mission that we got to get to where we got to get that we ste- we don't step back and look like wow look at the beauty of what god has created yeah. um and it's such a gift i always appreciate you bringing that up because it's a good reminder to me to step back sometimes and smell the roses so to speak you know and i don't think there's very many places in our country in our world that we can you know go out our own back door and see deer and uh, <laughs> eagles fly and uh, it, it is just it is a true blessing to be here in the in the northern part of minnesota that's yeah, a great gift you know and, and and again living here in virginia we've got the gift of marquette catholic school and Holy Spirit Parish that we're here celebrating and and I've got Ben Frost here with us. Um, He works here at our 
at our, at our parish, but Ben, I want you to put your dad hat on for a second. Okay. And, I, and I want you to think about, like, what do you value about Catholic education as a father mm. um, and how important that is? With it being Catholic Schools Week, mm. and there might be parents out there listening, and do I use a Catholic school? Do I not? Yeah. Um, as, as a dad, what do you appreciate um, about Catholic education for your children? Mm. That's a great question, Father. Um, I think any parent, when you look at your children, there's a deep sense of love for them. And in our faith, the definition of love is willing the good of the other. And so I think any parent, and myself included, you look at your kids and you just you want what's best for them. And at least here for my wife and I and, and, and our family, there's a real sense of our Catholic school is a place where our kids can thrive to be the best human beings that they can be. And when you love your child, you, you want what's best for them. And, and so here the great thing is, is we get small class sizes. And so those teachers can be very intentional. Uh, all our teachers here at Marquette are faith faithful, uh, incredible witnesses uh, to God's love. And so we know that our kids, when they go to school, it's not simply just the academic, but they're being uh, brought the love of God. And, and that's a, a great gift. We know that infused within our children's education is their ability to go to Mass, to receive the Eucharist, uh, to hear the, the Holy Word of God. And uh, so, at least for our family, like that is a great way that we can will their good. That we can look at them and to say, you know what, like this is important to us. And yes, that means sacrifices. And, but... Willing the good of the other, other always involves sacrifice. And so for those that are listening, and maybe you're on the fence, you're looking at Catholic education, should we do this, should we not? Um, I would just say as a parent, like, those sacrifices are worth it. Uh, it's worth investing in your, ch your child's education, academics, and also their, their moral character and their faith. Uh, and that's what Catholic education will provide. So our family, we're very blessed to, to have that as a part of our lives. You know, Ben, uh, one of the things that I had kind of preached a little bit about this weekend is the value of friendship. Mm. And how those apostles, when they were called, they weren't called as individuals. They were called in a group. And they had, they, they, they had meals together and they, they journeyed together. And there was, there was a brotherhood and a friendship. And how in order to live our Christian life, our Catholic faith, being disciples of the Lord, we must have good friends. Yeah. And um, maybe speak to like your children and our Catholic school providing good friendships that, that they can trust in and that you can trust in yeah. as a parent because I would think that's an important thing for you is that your kids learn how to have good friends that, that, that nurture their faith and that, that you can trust when they're out hanging out with them. Yeah, and I think there's kind of two components there. So the, the first is that our young people are meeting other young people that are diving into their faith, that are learning about their faith, that are praying together, and that is important for them. The influence of one's peers is so uh, influential on their decisions, on their life, and, and uh, how they're going to live. And so that's important to have uh, our children, to have other friends that have faith. But beyond that, I'll say the community aspect of Catholic education. My wife and I meet so many incredible parents, uh, husbands and wives, uh, families that we get to run the race with. We get to live life with. And to be able to come into the school and not just be bystanders, not just dropping the kids off, but it's an actual community. There's a sense of like, how are you doing? What can I pray for you? We come to Mass, we see those families there. So it's not simply just a dropping off of your kid. You're really welcomed into a community. And I think that's a very healthy thing, not only for our kids, but any of you parents that are out there, you're thinking, this will be good for my kids. I guarantee you this will also be really good for you to be integrated into a community of faith uh, through your Catholic school. Yeah, that's so good because I think so often, you know, as adults, we're 
we can sometimes can just have very, um, I don't say gently, but superficial relationships where we just kind of see people at work or we say hi to them in town. And, and I think at Marquette, we see our parents starting to like work together. You know, mm-hmm. how we often say it takes a village. And the Marquette family is kind of this village, so to speak, that we have each other's back and we're looking for one, out for one another and we're praying for one another. Um, so any, any thoughts in regards well, to that? I, one example, even this last week. So my wife and I, we have six children. And my wife brought uh, a group of teenagers from our parish out to the March for Life. And so here I was for six days as a father with six kids (laughs) and without my wife. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a challenge. And it certainly was. But every single day we had Marquette families bring us meals. I had texts every single day, how are you doing? Can I watch your kids? Do your kids want to come over and play? And I think that's the difference. When you have families that have your back, that love you and say, hey, I'm here for you. It meant so much to us that we know that they loved us, that they willed our good. So it, it was a great blessing uh, to have this community and this, this school here for us. Yeah. What a, what, thank you, Ben, for sharing that. That's a perfect example of those deeper friendships that we're serving one another, we're caring for another, and got each other's backs. Um, that's one of the great gifts about Catholic education. So just anybody out there listening, if you have a Catholic school in your community, um, I can't help but just encourage you to go visit it and check it out and, and consider, I, I, I'm convinced, it's one of the best investments you can make for your children um, is Catholic education because we're a product of our environment. And when you're in an environment of, of faith and morals and, and, and those incredible opportunities, um, you're not going to regret that. So um, check out your local Catholic school. Um, and have an opportunity to, to consider Catholic education and, and gifting your child with that gift. Um, an important message here as we celebrate Catholic Schools Week at Marquette. That foundation of Catholic schools is such a huge asset um, to the child, to the family, to the structure. It's uh, just so, so remarkable. This is our Straight Talk segment. There's still plenty of time to call in a question or something that might be on your heart this morning. 877 this is Real Presence Live. Mark Cheney, your host this morning, along with Father Brandon Moravitz. We are, we are here in uh, Virginia, Minnesota, and we have one of our uh, young folks coming up to the microphone again with another question. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself, what grade you're in, and what's your question? Hi, I'm Teresa Berlin, and I'm fifth grade. And I was wondering, if God created us for a purpose, did he only create us for that purpose? Hmm. Like, like, oh, interesting, Teresa. So, if God created us for a purpose, did He create us just for that purpose? Like, what do you, what do you think you mean by that? Like, so His what, what His primary purpose is that you're going to get to heaven. Okay, like that's the primary thing that you're holy and that you're happy and that one day you'll be with Him forever. That's His reason for creating us. Okay, that we know Him. Now, there's individual purposes that we all have. You know, the way in which we're going to live our life, like. Our vocations. Today we're going to meet with the sisters. Their purpose in many ways is to be religious sisters and to serve the church and the world as sisters. My purpose is a, is a priest, that I get to serve people as a priest. You know, other people live the vocation of, of being married and, and, and that's how they live their life. Or others are single and these are ways in which we live our lives. But whether you're a priest, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're a religious sister, our primary purpose is to get to heaven. But we live that out in very different ways. That's why it's important that all of us, especially those of you that are Marquette, 
that every day you're praying, like, God, reveal to me how you want me to live out my life so one day I can reach my primary purpose of heaven and that you can bring many with you, whether that's your children, whether that's as a priest, the people you serve, or as a sister, the people you serve. So great question. Your primary purpose is heaven, okay? But all of us have an individual way in which we live out the journey to that primary purpose. Good question. This is Straight Talk, and we have Audrey on the line. And Audrey's from Williston, North Dakota. She has got a question. Why angels like to go to Mass if they already have the okay. beatific vision? All right. Yes. So, good morning, Audrey. Hey, Audrey, are you out there? Hi. Hey, welcome. It's great to have you here. What's your question? Um, why do our guardian angels like to go to Mass and Eucharistic Adoration if they already have the beatific vision and can see God? <laughs> That's a great question. Like, why in the world would angels come to Mass or Adoration if they already have the beatific vision? I mean, if they're in heaven, they see God, they see things how they are, why would they be there? Um, it's really important that we distinguish something right now. There's got to be a distinction. That angels are not stuck in time nor space. We as humans see things through time and space. So we're, we've got bodies, so I, I can't be in two places at the same time, and I can't be at two different time periods, but, but angels aren't like that. And so angels, they're always going to be drawn to the holy, specifically our guardian angels that are with us. They're always going to be at those places. So even though they've got that beatific vision, the mass is the place where heaven and earth kiss. It's, the, it's, it's this great unity of heaven and earth. So, of course, the angels are going to rejoice there because that's part of the beatific vision. That really kind of is the beatific vision. We don't see that through our human eyes, but through the spiritual eyes of the angels, they see the Mass as the beatific vision. Now, think how incredible that is. Next time you go to Mass, realize that that's a taste of the beatific vision of God. And, and what a gift that is that we're there with the angels celebrating. So, great question. I'm, I'm thankful for you calling in today. Um, and it, we had a great segment here, Mark. Yes, it's, it's um, been a great hour. I mean, we, we've, we've covered a lot of ground here, especially Catholic Schools Week on our, our Stray Talk segment. And uh, it's just been an amazing, amazing opportunity to uh, be here this morning on Real Presence Live. We have, uh, we've got a, we have uh, just a great day. And uh, Father's got... Yeah, just, I'm going to be taking off here, and Ben Frost is going to take over. Um, I'm heading out with our middle school students. We're jumping on a bus, and we're going to Bishop Servant's grave. We're going to pray for him. Um, he's going to pray for us, and then we're going to go visit the handmaids of the Lord. So pray for Marquette School. It was great being here with you, Mark. All right. And Ben's going to take it from here. All right. So thank you for those that uh, have the questions, and uh, we're going to take a break here and come back. We have got a special guest. So we'll be back in just moments with more Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live. 